0: Father, it is with gratitude we come to you this morning, Lord Father. We do not take it lightly, Lord Father, nor do we take it casually as as we celebrate Christmas, Lord. Father God, there is a reason why you had to come down, Lord Father, and we are the recipients of what you did 33 years after you came down, Lord Father. Father God, we do not want to forget that ever. We thank you, Lord. That in your great plan for each one of us, in your great plan for me, you decided that you needed to come down. You needed to be born on this earth before you could die on that cross. Father God, we just want to say thank you, Lord, that you thought of us. That you considered us worthy of entry into your kingdom, Lord. Father God, we will never forget that. And we do not celebrate this day because the world celebrates. But we celebrate because you came for us. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. We give all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17... We read these words, James chapter one, verse 17, and I shall read it from the New King James Version. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. In the New International Version, it is quoted like this. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. A gift is always a mystery.
1: It is wrapped up carefully and hopefully with love.
0: It is always exciting. To know what is inside once the wrapper has been torn away a gift has great many characteristics it tells us something of the needs of the recipient but more than that it reveals the heart of the giver now throughout the bible we read of many instances of men bringing gifts to god In the very nativity scene, we read of wise men who came carrying gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So gifts have always been there. And men have always given gifts. It might sometimes be an act of gratitude, but often it is the method used to try to earn someone's favor including God's favor when you bring him a gift. But the Bible also tells us that there are gifts that God bestows on each of us. It can be the gift of life on earth, the gift of health, which all of us are experiencing today, the gift of wealth, the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life, and many other gifts. Now, I don't know how it is in other parts of the world, but I can tell you something that happens in India very often. And I'm sure a couple of you will relate with me on this. The two most common gifts that are given to newly married couples in India is the pressure cooker and the clock. (laughs) I suppose uh, the clock has now become digital. Okay, whatever it is, these are the two common gifts. Now, don't ask me why people give these two gifts. I have my own theories, unsubstantiated, okay, but I shall mention them. Now, I assume the pressure cooker is given just to remind the newly wedded couple that you have now entered into a high state of pressure (laughs) Okay, that needs to be released once in a while. Now the clock is to remind you that time is ticking, time is never sufficient to complete the different tasks of the day. But the interesting thing about these pressure cookers and clocks is that they keep circulating. (laughs) Don't be surprised if the pressure cooker, the clock that you received at your wedding and that you so graciously gifted away to someone else returns to you at your son's or daughter's wedding. You see, these gifts have this unique habit of going around in circles. Our gifts, man's gifts, are often thoughtless. They're non sacrificial Our gifts are often what we don't want, or what we don't like. Man's gifts are often left behind. You give away whatever you don't want or you don't like, but God's gifts are entirely different. The only commonality between our gifts and God's gifts is that there is a giver, and there is a recipient and there is a medium which is the gift. But the character of the gifts are entirely different. Now, with these thoughts in mind comes the title of this morning's brief uh, message, which is, The Gift Comes Down. So that's the title of uh, what we're going to share over the next uh, 40 minutes or so, The Gift Comes Down. Now, having said that, there is one thing that we definitely need to do. And that is we need to remind ourselves of what Christmas is all about. It's not about the gifts. Yes, there is a gift, the greatest gift that God has given us. But we need to know how did this happen? Why did this happen? Almost 2020 years back. And so it's a good reminder for us, because we rarely read this at other times, that we open our Bibles to two passages of scripture, which will actually describe the nativity scene. Now, I say we don't read this most of the times, because these passages are very often related to the birth of Christ. So very often during the rest of the year, we don't read these things. We are looking for prophecies. We are looking for blessings but we don't necessarily read the nativity story. So if you don't mind, I'd like you all to take your Bibles. Those of you at home, if you've got your Bibles with you, please uh, take them. And we shall read two passages of scripture. It's gonna take us some time to read those scriptures, but I think reading the word of God makes sense. The first is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. And I shall read it from the New King James Version. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered, This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, which he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. The second passage we would take is from the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Matthew chapter one, verses 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Jesus. Now, it is interesting to note that uh, between the verses of these two passages that we have just read from the Gospels of Luke and Matthew, we see that God gave four specific gifts when Jesus was born. And we're going to talk about those gifts that were given to you and to me on that Christmas morn 2020 years back. Now you see, there's one other characteristic that we need to recognize about a gift before we move on into other things. When there is a gift, it is always the giver who decides what to give as a gift. The recipient actually has no
1: say in what is to be there in that gift. So when God chose to give us four gifts on that Christmas morning,
0: it is he, in his wisdom, in his planning, who said, these are the gifts that I know my children need. You and I would probably have asked for the wrong things. you and I would have probably have asked for material things because that's what we always ask. Look at your shopping list when you go to God in prayer. A majority of the things that we ask for are material things, are tangible things. Okay, but God chooses to give us gifts which
1: beats all
0: this. Now, on that day that the son of God became the son of man, God looked at mankind and saw that men and women were lacking in some much needed features in life. And so God, in his wisdom, decided to give us these gifts. And here they are. Number one, the gift of joy. The gift of joy.
1: You can't hold it. You can't play with it. But it's a gift which God gives. In
0: Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, we read these words. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a saviour, who is Christ the Lord. Think of that first Christmas, when Jesus Christ was born. His birth would certainly have brought joy into the hearts of his earthly parents. They were poverty-stricken. They had no place to lay that child. There was no five-star hotel available where they could take that child. There was no five-star hospital available where they could go and deliver and have uh, everybody at their back and call. They didn't even have clothes to put on that child
1: except some swaddling clothes. But yet, in the midst of their circumstance,
0: there would have been joy in the minds of Mary and Joseph. That cannot be taken away. Circumstances, did not matter then, and it does not matter
1: now. The gift which God gives is the gift of joy. Think of those shepherds taking care of their flock
0: on the outskirts of the town. Theirs was a lonely
1: and lowly existence. They were out there in the cold of the night, just wrapped up in
0: some clothes, taking care of these sheep, putting them to to bed, making sure that the the wolves and the uh, hyenas would not come and uh, snatch away these uh, sheep. They were just taking care of that. They didn't have any spread of food spread out around them. They didn't have any great lights over there. Probably there were no lights except the stars and the moon up in the skies. They were under foreign rule, these shepherds. They were under the rule of the Romans. They would have thought, we haven't heard from God for over 4,000 years. The prophets have gone silent. The rulers are silent. The church leadership has gone silent.
1: Nobody is talking about this coming king. We have been waiting for so long for a
0: king to redeem us, to save us from the oppression of these Romans.
1: I don't think he's coming. That's probably what they might have thought if they even had
0: such thoughts. But yet at that moment, they saw the light it was revealed unto them that a savior was born. And we read that the angel told them, behold, I bring you great tidings of great joy.
1: They left their sheep and they went looking for this savior. You see, that's the kind of joy that God put into their heart,
0: that they went seeking the savior. Think of us today living in uncertain times. And as we look around, we are not too sure if things are getting better or things are getting worse. And I'm not talking just about the coronavirus. Just look at the world today, it's a mess. I don't know what is fact and what is fiction. I really don't know which TV channel to put on because I really don't know what they're talking about. I'm scared to open any of my chats or emails because I don't know what is fact and what is fiction.
1: And fiction has this wonderful habit of playing on your mind. And it can trouble you. It starts working in you. So I really don't know what's happening. I just don't know. But there's
0: one thing I know. And that one thing is the same thing that the angels said to the shepherds 2,020 years back. Do not be afraid. That I know for sure. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. That I know is fact. And therefore, the thing that I take from that is, there is tidings of great joy meant for me, because I belong to all people.
1: And I believe that all of you also belong to the group of all people. The key words in that verse
0: are not actually, do not be afraid or fear not. Those are not the key words. Those are the consequence. The key word is this, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior.
1: Now, what is the role of a savior? To save. What kind of a mess are you in? Seek the savior, because it's his role to save. You cannot save yourself. You cannot get yourself out of the miry clay,
0: but there is one person, who's been given that task, and that is Jesus Christ. That's his name,
1: that he is the savior. So those are the key words that we need to catch from there.
0: The consequence of catching that key word that we have a savior is, now I do not fear. I am no longer afraid. It
1: doesn't matter what's happening around me because I have one who saves.
0: Now, my question to you right now is this. Don't these words of scripture bring you joy? If you have never read these words during the rest of the year, it's okay. But at least step into New Year knowing that the first gift that God gave us 2,020 years back and as every and has continued ever since, to this moment, and shall continue in days to come, is the gift of joy. It's yours, it's mine. In the birth of Jesus, God gifted us joy. Number two: the gift of peace. Again, in Luke chapter two, verses 13 and 14, what we read is this. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill
1: toward men. You see, that was their message. They said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. You see, the angel announced that with his
0: birth, Jesus had brought into this strife-filled world the character of peace. It's up to us to pick it. It's up to us to unwrap that gift from God. The gift is there. That's God's gift to you and to me. Whether you and I want to live in peace, whether we want to have that internal peace which only God can give us, is a decision that you and I will have to take whether we are unwrapping that gift of God or whether are keeping it up as a gift for time immemorial. Now you see, peace does not mean absence of war. It does not mean a lack of physical violence. The peace that God gives is an internal peace, a quiet understanding that all is well with me
1: and my God. If you don't have that relationship with God,
0: of knowing that you have a God who loves you, a God who cares for you, a God who is so concerned for you, if you do not have that understanding, If you do not have that relationship with God, there will be no peace on the inside. We can act very nice on the outside. We all wear different masks at different times. And we can always act as if everything is fine, but internally there can be turmoil.
1: Now you read uh, stories that are written about why
0: people commit suicide. People don't commit suicide because they lack things. People don't commit suicide because somebody has said something bad to them. That may be the story that comes out. People commit suicide because there is turmoil on the inside. It is the inside which manifests in the sense that I can't deal with my inside. I can't deal with the chaos in the inside of my life. And the answer to that is only Jesus Christ. And that's the gift which God gave us 2020 years back. God wants us to maintain a beautiful, peaceful relationship with him and with each other and towards the end of his earthly ministry jesus himself gave his disciples this profound statement which we read in john chapter 14 verse 27 john 14 27 peace i leave with you my peace i give to you not as the world gives do i give it to you let not your heart be troubled Neither let it be afraid. Just look at that verse. Let not your heart be troubled. Doesn't say anything else about our outside. Doesn't say let not your skin be troubled. What God is talking about, what Jesus Christ is talking about, I give you internal peace. That's what I'm leaving with you. That's what I'm giving you. I'm going but I'm leaving my character, the gift of peace with you. Now, right now, even as I speak, and many of you will know this, there is a conflict brewing around around Ukraine, mainly between Russia and the NATO forces, NATO nations, and diplomats
1: on all sides are trying to bargain for peace, but everyone is preparing for war. This is exactly what David said in Psalm
0: 120, verses six and seven. And I love these words because these words were quoted long time back in the United Nations by none other than India's Prime Minister Jawaharlal Nehru. Okay, he said this, and these are words from scriptures. I'm I'm not quoting Jawaharlal Nehru, I'm quoting scripture. Psalm 120, verses 6 and 7. My soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace.
1: I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. That's what's happening in the world. We talk peace, but we plan war. But that's not the peace that God expects you and I to have. Today, are you at peace with those around you? Are you at peace
0: with your family? Are you at peace with your relatives? Are you at peace with your friends? Are you at peace with your neighbors? Are you at peace with your colleagues? If you aren't, you have
1: one week before we step into the new year. Make peace. Make peace. I'll tell you something that happened to me many, many years back.
0: I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. Some of you have heard this one. Uh, I was quite a hot-headed guy before I landed up here. I still am, but uh, I was more hot-headed at that point of time. And I was working in a medical college hospital and I happened to be the uh, superintendent of the lab services. And uh, the problem when you become, you know, go into admin is that you are constantly in fight with people in the purchase department. Uh, Those of you in business will know this one. So my purchase manager would always slash down our lab requests by 50%. Uh, And we would order different things for what we thought was required for the next year in the laboratories. uh, And the the purchase department would slash it down by 50%. And there was a running battle between myself and the purchase manager. Uh, Came to a point where uh, we both walked into our medical director's offices one day and told our medical director, said, Dr. James, Either I will kill him or he will kill me. You better put a stop to this one, okay? But as as things happened, you see, God put a stop to the whole thing. He brought me here. Okay, the purchase manager was still there. But after coming here, now I could never enter that person's office and I would never allow him to enter into my office. He comes to the door, I'll say, stop there. You don't enter into my office till you give me 100% of what I ask for. And I would never be able to enter into his office. But after coming here, we took our first holiday exactly six months after we came. This is 2001 July. And God tells me, go and make peace with Mr. Subramaniam. I said, that's the last person I'm going to make peace with. Frankly, I don't care what happens to him. God said, go and make peace.
1: There was turmoil in my heart. I did not want to do it. God said, do it.
0: I tried arguing with God. That man, after all that he has said to me and done to me, and, and, and I justified myself, he wouldn't even let me into his office. So I can't go and meet him. God said, go and meet him. Well, as things happen, you know, you know God uh, pushes you sometimes. He makes sure your legs walk in that direction. So I walked up to his, this gentleman's office, he had a big office, and I went there, knocked on the door, opened the door, and I said, Mr. Subramaniam, can I come in? He looked at me, and he knew I was no longer working, that's why he said, come. I went in and I just told him, I said, I uh, just came to apologize for uh, the harsh words that I have used against you uh, in the past, uh, it's not me speaking. It is the, It was the superintendent of the lab services who was speaking. Uh, but as Leslie smiles, I'd just like to say sorry for what we did. He didn't say anything. He gets off his chair. He comes and he gives me a hug. Now hugging is not common. Any. It wasn't common anyway. Twenty five years back. Okay. Now I don't know. But twenty five years back, uh, you know, the the closest we come to each other is this. Okay, which thankfully Corona has brought back. Um, But he comes and he hugs me. And then he said, "Uh, Leslie, can we both walk up to the uh, cafeteria and have a cup of coffee together because I want people to see that. And I said, fine. Now people were flabbergasted when they saw he and me walking together. I mean, this is cobra and mongoose. (laughs) Walking together to a canteen to have a cup of coffee. Some people followed us to see, now where is this murder going to take place? Okay. But as it was, everything was fine. And we returned here. A week after we returned here, I get the news from my ex-colleagues that Mr. Subramaniam got a heart attack and he died.
1: Now, if I had not made peace with him at that point of time,
0: I will still be carrying that burden in my heart. And that's why I'm telling you you have one week before the new year starts. If you have to make peace with somebody, eat crow and make peace. Don't wait for that person, go and do it, because that's what God has asked us to do. He gave us the gift of peace, and He expects us to live in peace with each other, not to harbor enmity. So at Christmas, the second gift God gave us was the gift of peace. The third gift is the gift of salvation. This is there in Matthew chapter one, verse 21. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name
1: Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Sometimes we need to read these
0: verses carefully. When the angel spoke, he said, bring you peace, good tidings of great joy to all people. But when we read this verse, what do we read? She shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people
1: from from their sins. Not all people. Which means you have to become part of his people
0: and then you are saved. You have to accept, you have to receive Christ into your life before the gift of salvation is activated in your life. We can't simply be sitting around, don't accept Jesus Christ into our life and say, Jesus Christ has saved all people. No, he hasn't. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible
1: says that Jesus Christ would save his people. The joy is for all people. Okay, so please read these verses, every word, carefully. From the days of Adam and Eve, man... this is not the first this is not the first time this has happened
0: and it usually happens when you start talking about salvation not just here and not just for me i'm sure every one of them would tell you the same thing and in many other places because that's the one thing which the devil makes sure he doesn't want people to hear he doesn't mind if you get the gift of joy the gift of peace Now, I did not plan this with Brother Whippin. I did not plan it at all. Okay, but just believe me, this is a very important gift, the gift of salvation. The Bible tells us, Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, there is a condition there. The gift of God is eternal life
1: through, through X, Y, and Z. No,
0: it's not X, Y, and Z. It's very clearly the gift
1: of life, of eternal life, is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So not all gods are the same. And it doesn't work that way. Today, let me remind you
0: that Jesus has authority to save all people from all their sins and the consequences of sin if we only choose to accept and receive him
1: into our life. See, this is the declaration that God made
0: on that first Christmas day when the angel announced that the name of the newborn baby would be Jesus. Jesus. The one who would save his people from their sins. Now let me tell you something else today. Many people, including many Christians, do not celebrate Christmas. Because it is apparently modeled after some long-lost pagan festival. And they have three or four different names that try to justify why Christmas should not be celebrated. Now, I would declare to you this day why we celebrate Christmas. It's not because this day is linked with some pagan festival or some other God or whatever. We don't do that because of that reason. That's not why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because it is the time to declare to the world... That the Son of God became the Son of Man
1: so that the sons of men could become the sons of God. You see, without Christmas, there is no Easter.
0: And without Easter, there is no cross.
1: And without the cross, there is no salvation. If you want to be a CEO of your company, you cannot
0: become a CEO of a company till you are born first. That's a requirement to be anything, to achieve anything. The first and foremost requirement is that you must be born. I'm not even talking about being born again. I'm just being come into existence. Okay, I cannot say, for example, that it is my desire that my uh, great-grandson will be the next CEO of Alphabet. You know Alphabet, yeah? The company which runs Google. Okay. Now, my great-grandson is not yet born. So how can I even think about that? So for Christmas, for, for salvation to be there, there has to be a cross. For the cross, there has to be Easter. And for Easter, there has to be a Christmas. And That is why we need to recognize that Christmas is not a pagan festival. It is our declaration of who our God is. That's it. Okay. The gospel in one sentence is the Son of God becomes the Son of man so that the sons of men could become sons of God. And that's our declaration. Accept it today. Accept the gift of salvation, for it is a gift of God. The final gift is the gift of relationship. The gift of relationship. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. You see, many centuries before the birth of Jesus Christ, Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and they were driven away from God's presence. What was meant to be a close personal relationship between God and man was destroyed by the cunning ways of the devil. By trapping Adam and Eve into a life of sin, the devil drove a wedge between God and man and produced a painful separation. That's what sin does. But God's plan was always that there would be a relationship. He loved walking in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve, talking to them,
1: listening to them. Adam, tell me, how was your day? Eve, how was your day? That's what God wants. Sometimes I think, the loneliest person must
0: be God. We have friends. We talk to each other. We relate with each other. We laugh. We joke. We go for coffee together, for tea together. We go for
1: picnics together. But when it comes to God, we have placed him on a pedestal. And we say, stay there. But, that's, but God says, no, I want to be with you. If you are going for a
0: picnic, I want to be there. Take me with with you to the picnic. And we say, no, 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 no. You see, picnic, uh, it's, it's fun time, so we don't want God there. But God says, no, I want to be with you in everything. That's relationship. That's what God wanted right from the very beginning. And therefore, he had to now make a plan. And that plan was that somehow we would walk with him once again we would dwell with him and he would be with us because that's his name
1: Emmanuel God with us in John chapter 19 verse 10 we read these words
0: and I'm reading it from the New King James Version for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In NIV, it says,
1: for the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. Now, I've always had heard this verse being read as, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. But looking at different versions of the Bible, what I read is that,
0: for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, or for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. Yes, you and I were lost, but there was something else that was lost that Jesus Christ had to come to restore. And that is relationship.
1: That was snatched away. That was destroyed. And that is what God said, I have come to
0: seek and to save. I need to restore that relationship. And that is God's final gift to us on that
1: first Christmas morn, the gift of relationship. Today, look at yourself. Where do
0: you stand in your relationship with God the Father? Are you walking together or are you walking separate? Have you accepted the gifts of salvation and relationship that God the Father is sending out to you? And as I close, and as I call Pastor to bring this service to a close, I would like to ask this question. It's a question that you have heard
1: many times, but I know that there are some of you who still need to hear this.
0: Is there anyone here who wishes to acknowledge that he or she is a sinner, who wants to accept Jesus Christ into his or her life? If there is, please do stand up and we shall pray together. And that's a question I'm asking to all of you at home, online, wherever you are. Do you know the Lord? The gift of joy, the gift of peace, the gift of salvation, the gift of relationship. All these can be yours,
1: but you need to know the Savior. These are the gifts that are on offer. The gift of joy, the gift of peace,
0: the gift of salvation, and the gift of relationship.
1: Church, God bless you all. Have a blessed day, and Pastor, please take over.